Amen. All right. Looks like Brother Tony has made his way to the mic. And so, Brother Tony, introduce yourself and your wife. You've already done it. My name's Tony. My wife's Juana. And I'm asking a question for another person because she's a little on the scare side about getting up here. So I'm going to ask it for her. In Revelations 5, it says, Out of the throne proceeded lightning and thunder and voices, and there were seven lamps of burning, of fire burning before the throne, which are the seven spirits of God. And in chapter 5, in verse 6, it says, it mentions it again, and it says, And I beheld, and lo, in the midst of the throne, of the four beasts in the midst of the elders stood a lamb as it had been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent forth into all the earth. What are the seven spirits of God? So some people, some people believe that it, it could be reference to the fruit of the spirit. Um, that's a good question, buddy. I, I'm going to, if you'll give me an opportunity, let me study that out for you and see if I can get you a, a good, solid, biblical answer on the seven spirits of God. Would that be okay, Miss Nancy? <laughs> Sorry, Miss Nancy. I have read up, I have read some on that, and, uh, and there is a, you know, there's a little bit of a, a difference of opinion about what those seven spirits of God might be. Um, so let me get you a good let me get you a good answer, and I'll try to answer that either in question and answer or from the pulpit. I'll answer that for you. <laughs> Amen. Hey, don't hesitate. It's it's not that it it's not that that big a deal. All right, and so don't be afraid to ask a question. And so, all right, Lance, introduce yourself. So my name is uh, Lance Carson, and that's my wife sitting over there, Courtney. And if you ever hear screaming while preacher's preaching, it's my kids. Um, so anyways, I was reading the other day in Revelation 4, verse number 8, and something kind of stood out to me. I don't know if it's just like grammar or punctuation, but and it says, and the four beasts had each... Of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes with, uh, within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. Why is that first holy capitalized? Why is the first holy capitalized? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I was just yeah. curious about that. Ah, yeah. man, I don't know, Lance. I'm just going to, I'm going to, if I don't know, I'm going to tell you I don't know. And, okay. uh um, but I will, I'll see if I can find out for you. Yes, sir. Um, I know a lot of times as far as punctuation is concerned, when you are referencing what somebody says, you'll start out with a capitalized letter. That could be, yes, it could be as simple as that. Okay. Um, but I can definitely try to study yeah. that out for you. I, yes, it doesn't seem to be. It doesn't seem to be any different than the other holies. Mm -hmm. 
And so I was wondering if it kind of correlated, like whenever the Bible's talking about Jesus, or when it mentions his name, Jesus, the Lord, or God, you know, how they're always capitalized. I, I mean, it could, was... it could, but I'd have to study that out okay. to, to give you a definite answer on that. Well, thank you, sir. And so I will. And so come back and ask right. me about that, and we'll yes, see if we can give you a definite, or at least try to give you a, somewhat of a definite on that. Yes, sir. All right. That would be uh, thank great. You. Thank you. Thank you, brother. All right, you guys got some harder ones tonight. Okay, my name is Dreama Clark. I'm here with my three kids, um, Tracy, Lester, his two daughters, Bela and Kyla, Mikey Lester, Angela Lester, and Tina Wesson and Devin Barnhart. And how exciting that is. Yes. Um, I'm asking a question for somebody else. Oh, boy. So... If something comes to your mind, how do you know whether it's the Holy Spirit or whether it's of the devil or just random thought, I guess you could say? Well, a couple things come to mind when you ask the question. We, we, know, we know, number one, the Lord doesn't tempt with evil. Okay, he tells us that specifically. So if it's if it's an evil if it's an evil thought or an evil temptation, you you know that's not from the Lord because the Lord doesn't the Lord doesn't work in that in that way. Um, the Lord does allow trials. He does allow temptations, but the Lord's not going to bring sinful. The Lord's not going to offer sinful things into our life uh, as temptation. So if you if you if you have a a sinful temptation or a, a, an evil thought, um, you can pretty much mark that down. That's going to be from Satan. Satan, he dwells in darkness. He dwells in death. He deals in deceit and lying. And so, you know, if somebody gets a, if somebody gets a depressing thought, it's not from the Lord. Um, I taught on, on that a little bit today on on countdown courage. We're we're made to look up. We're not to made, we're not made to be discouraged. Um, if someone had a a thought of, you know, I'm just going to take my life. You can guarantee that's that's not the Lord. The devil deals in death, and so he's gonna you know he he's gonna be putting thoughts like that in your mind. Um, I know just personally me, sometimes many times a day, I'll ask the Holy Spirit to give me the mind of Christ. You know, I'll have a thought, and I'll know. I know that's not, it's not of the Lord. It's not, a kind, it's not the kind of thought I ought to be thinking. And not even necessarily a, a, a dirty thought or a lustful thought, but sometimes it might be a, it might be a, a defeating thought. You know, it's a, a thought, you know what, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to keep doing this, I'm, you know, and I know that's not from the Lord. Uh, and so maybe it's a thought to think bad of somebody else. You know, I know that's not of the Lord, you know. And so I, I pray many, many times a day, Holy Spirit, help me to have the mind of Christ. Help me to have the thoughts of Christ. You know, help my mind to, to function like Jesus and to think the thoughts that Jesus would have me think. 
Um, we know we're to yield our minds to the Lord. Uh, we also know that the mind is the battlefield for the Christian. No, no, no doubt about that. It's why pretty much everything that's going on today in our culture is, is all aimed at the mind, you know, whether it be the Internet or evil things on the Internet or television or those kind of things. Um, the, devil wants to, the devil wants to get in our mind. We also know our Bible. I'm just giving you some things, Dream. I'm just thinking about your question. We also know that our Bible says, um, Thou would keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee because he trusteth in thee, Isaiah 20, 23, 6, um, or 26, 3. And, and so does that help just a little bit? You have a follow-up? You want, you want to give me a follow-up on that to, to maybe I'll give check. me a little bit better understanding? Of what? I'll see if that, they're answered. Do what? I'll see if it's the answer for the people that wanted to ask. Okay. But wouldn't. All right. You don't want to tell on the person who wouldn't come up, do you? <laughs> I'm just picking. I'm, I'm just picking. All right. Miss Janet, come up. Can you reach that microphone? <laughs> Introduce yourself, Janet. My name is Janet Daniels, and my father-in-law, mother-in-law's Jim and Nellie. So me and my friend was having a a discussion about prayer, and um, and I think I might have my answer, but we know God answers prayer, but for the unsaved that's the unsaved that's not his children, outside the prayer of salvation, you know, oh Lord, help me out of this situation or Whatever does he answer? I mean, they're they're children of the of Satan. Yeah. They're not that, they're not his. But does he answer any of their prayers outside of salvation? Yeah. I personally, just personally, me, I I don't believe the Lord does. We know the Lord hears a sinner's prayer. You know, if somebody is seeking God, and they come to the Lord and uh, in faith, you know, they're lost. But but. The Spirit of God is drawing them, and they come to the Lord. We know the Lord hears a sinner's prayer. We do know that. Uh, I do believe this. I, I believe if God knows that somebody is seeking him, I believe that he will, he will put certain things in motion. Let me give you a great for instance. In Luke 16, Lydia, the Bible calls Lydia a worshiper of God. But she was lost. But she was she was seeking. She was seeking the truth. She was, she was doing what she knew to do. She was worshiping God. She was, she was doing the best she knew to do. And so God, sure enough, God sent Paul and Silas by there. And they were able to, they were able to expound to her the gospel and give her an understanding of what, of what Christ was and the gospel was. And Lydia came to a saving knowledge of Jesus. And so, <clears throat> you know, the Bible definitely calls Lydia a worshiper of God, but she was lost. Now, there were others. For instance, there was uh, Cornelius in the Bible. Cornelius was the first Gentile to be saved. He was a Roman on top of that. He was a Roman centurion, and he, he, was, he had a hunger. The Holy Spirit was drawing him. There's no doubt about that. And, and he was a worshiper, but lost. And so that's when God, that's when the Holy Spirit came to Peter and said, Peter, you're going to go. You're going to talk to this guy. And that's when Peter said, Lord, I'm not going to have anything to do with something unclean. You know, 
And the Lord said, don't, don't call unclean what I see is clean. And so he, he sent Peter to Cornelius, and Cornelius and his whole family ended up coming to the Lord. So, so here, was, here were at least two people that were definitely seeking. They were seeking, and, and without a doubt, the Lord was working behind the scenes to cause their path to intersect with somebody who could give them the gospel. So I do believe the Lord works. I, I do believe that God's a God of providence. God's a God of sovereignty. And so, so there might be somebody that's lost, and they're, they've never come to Christ yet, and there's something going on. Maybe they, maybe they were watching you at work, and they're thinking, man, there's something different about Janice. You know, I, I, I wish I knew what was, there's something different about her. And they start watching your testimony and they sort of, they have a desire. They want to know what's going on. Well, you know, in a way, they're seeking the Lord. And so, does the Lord cause things to happen to, to line those people up with a, with a soul winner, with the gospel in the right church where the gospel is going to be preached? I think he does. But getting back to your original question, you're right about that. The Bible considers those that have never been born again, they are not, technically, they are not a child of God. They are a child of the devil. The Bible tells us that. And so they are that they're a natural man. They're in the flesh. And so I would I would say no, God would not. He would draw them. And if they and and when they give their heart to Christ, no. Uh, then the Lord would answer He would answer their prayers. Um, you would, you know, th- I guess think about it in a in a a literal sense, you know, you're not near as, um, I mean, you're, you're, you are a very caring person. There's no doubt about that. But you're not near, near as concerned about people who are not your family as you are about those that you consider to be your family, you know. And you're going to do everything that you can to try to bend over backward. To, to meet their needs and to give them what they want. And so I think the same is true with the Lord. Okay. Does that help a little bit? Yes, it did. It okay. answered. And my friend, once she said, I said, because I asked her that question, and I told her we had question and answer, so I'm going to let her know what your answer was. Thank yeah. you, that did answer. And we also know this, too. We also know the Bible says in Psalm 66, the psalmist said, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not hear me. And so there, there are even times when Christians don't get their prayers answered. You know, if we, if we have sin in our life, that can sever, that can sever our, us getting our prayers answered. King Saul would be a perfect example of that. You know, King Saul did not obey the Lord. He went directly against the Lord, rebelled against what God told him to do. And, you know, Saul came to a point in his life when he really needed God. He really needed an answer. And the Bible's, the Bible's clear about that, and the Lord would not answer him, which is why he ended up going to the witch of Endor. You know, the, the Lord wouldn't answer him. So anyway, just a little something. Hope that helped a little bit anyway. Okay. All right, Dania, introduce yourself to everybody. I'm Dania. I have two questions, one for me and then one for somebody else. And I'm pretty sure I know I'm not going to like the answer to mine, so we'll go with bad news first. <laughs> um. And I'm probably missing a lot. I'm still learning, so most of you all are probably going to roll your eyes about it. But you did a Wednesday night thing 
on, like, Jesus and Satan coming back. I was listening to it in my car, so I might not have picked up the full thing. And then Sunday you were talking about lost souls going and hanging out with the lost. So my question is, like in the case of my mom, she passed away. She wasn't a believer. When Jesus comes back for that little bit of time before everybody goes up, that's how I understand it anyway, um, does she get a second chance? Because he comes back, so yeah, she'll have to chill with the lost people for a little bit. And then if she denies him again, does she go to fire, or does she get a second chance when he comes back? So Even though anybody, who is, anybody who has passed away, mm-hmm. there is not a second chance. Okay. Yeah, there is not a second chance. The millennial reign of Christ, and, I'm, and I felt we, we might get a few questions on that tonight. And so I just want to let our congregation know, I think I'm going to bring a full message on the millennial reign of Christ because a lot of folks had questions. And, and uh, the millennial reign of Christ will basically be when Jesus comes back to set up his kingdom on the earth. The, those who come through the tribulation period and somehow survive without receiving the mark of the beast, they purposely do that. That's not an accident. You know, they, they believe in Christ, and they know that if they receive that mark, they're damned, and so they don't receive that mark of the beast. When Jesus comes back after the tribulation period to set up his kingdom on the earth, those that were on the earth who are earthlings, who are mortals, but they chose to believe in Christ and did not receive the mark of the beast, did not follow the Antichrist, they will be ushered into the millennial reign of Christ but in a mortal body. But as far as as far as anyone as far as anyone getting a second chance once someone has and that's well that's that's a tough one. I mean that's a tough one. Trust me. You you and a lot of other people in this room, you know, wish that that was not the case. What age are you when you go to heaven? Yeah, like if you die and you're 80, are you 80 or do you get jump back to like 20 <laughs> Sandra days or, you know. You know, we're not exactly sure about that. Most, okay. You know, there are some people who steadfastly believe that when somebody goes to heaven, they're going to be, uh, they're going to be 33 years old, you know, like Jesus was when Jesus died, <laughs> you know. Um, there's nothing, there's nothing in scripture that proves that. Uh, you're not going to be, I, I can tell you this, as far as time, time will be no more. Age will be no more. And so, you know, those folks who live to be, you know, in their 80s and 90s and past 100 years old, you know, and their body has arthritis and, and all these other things, there'll be none of that. There'll be none of that in heaven. They're going to receive a glorified body and that body is going to be like Jesus. It's going to be like his resurrected body. And so I don't know. I don't think we'll have an age. I don't think we'll have an age. I, God doesn't have an age. And technically, Jesus doesn't have an age, you know. And we know that we're going to be like Jesus. And so I don't think our body will have an age. But we know we'll have a, we'll have a glorified body, and it'll be supernatural. And it's going to be wonderful. Does that help a little bit? Yep. Denia's a little newer at the church. That took a lot of 
guts for her to get up and ask those questions. I appreciate that, Dania. All right, Miss Judy, introduce yourself and those that are with you tonight. Okay, I'm I am Judy Connor, and I'm here with my family, my daughter and son-in-law, Tanya and Chris, and I have two grandsons out there somewhere, <laughs> and very happy to be here. I actually had three questions, and Sunday night during his message, um, the pastor actually answered two of them, so I don't have them anymore. <laughs> so I just still have one more left. And a couple weeks ago when the church group was up in Pennsylvania, we were smack in the middle of Amish country. Mm-hmm. And um, I, was, I know they're hardworking people, and you know they have values and different things, but what I wanted to know is, a little bit about what their faith is and what they believe. So I, I'm going to be honest. I don't know that I've ever studied out the Amish faith. I do know that the that the Mennonites, which I guess we have more Mennonites around this area than we 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 maybe have Amish. The Mennonites are going to be a little closer to what we believe. Um. It's at least my understanding that at least some of the Amish people, some of what they do is based on a, it's based on a, a works, a works salvation. And part of the reason is that they do what they do, and the reason they're separated, and, um, and there's nothing wrong with separation. We believe in separation and preach separation at Calvary Baptist Church. But the re- they, reason they do it is because they believe that that's going to help them merit heaven. Now that, there are, there are some people who call us legalists at Calvary. And they call us legalists because, you know, we, some of our guys, our guys get a haircut. And our ladies wear dresses, at least some of them do on Sundays. And <clears throat> we don't have a, we don't require people to dress a certain way to come to our church. Most of our folks know that. But after you've come to Calvary for a little while and you've grown in the Lord, most people come to an understanding that, you know what, I want to give my best. I want to give my best to the master uh, in everything I do, my talk, my actions, my testimony, my dress, and all of that. But there's, and so people see that sometimes at Calvary, and they say, don't go down to Calvary because they're, legal, they're legalists down there. Well, nothing could be further from the truth. We're not legalists at all. Legalism is adding something to the doctrine of salvation. And so we don't say dress right to get saved or come to church to get saved or give your tithe to get saved. We say dress right because you are saved and give your tithe because you are saved and come to church because you are saved. That's that's the difference. And so as far as some of the Amish, I don't know, I'm not going to put all of them in this because I don't know, and so I would be, I would be judging them wrong. And, uh, but I would just say this. If there's any religion that believes you have to do these certain things in order to merit heaven, that's a work salvation. And, and we know that's not, that's not the true gospel. And so, you know, I think the same would be true with Mormons. You know, Miss Tammy and I, we flew, into, uh, we flew into Salt Lake City several years ago. Man, it looked, like, it looked like a Bible college reunion. I'm talking about independent fundamental. Those, listen, those Mormons, they dress better than we do. And, and we're in that airport, and evidently they had special people coming in. And so 
they had a big welcome, you know, welcome crowd there to, I guess, to, to welcome their, whoever was coming in. All their ladies looked amazing, modestly dressed, and not just modest, but pretty, you know. And all their guys, every one of those guys, I mean, handsome as the day is long and neat and fit and looked great. Here's the only problem with that. Now, if you talk to Mormon, they're going to tell you, we believe like you believe. But when you really get down to brass tacks, they don't believe like we believe. And a lot of those things that, a lot of those things that they bring into that, they believe they have to do that to merit, to merit heaven. Now, they believe, they'll tell you, you've got to be saved by grace through faith. And you need to do some things to, to merit heaven, you know. That's a work salvation. You know, Paul said it's either all of grace or it's all of works. And so I'm going to defer on that uh, as far as I don't know all that much about the, the Amish, the Amish faith. I know a lot of our people were blown away by some of the things we saw while we were up there. And some of the, I mean, some of it we didn't even see. Y'all, y'all saw a lot of the stuff, and y'all were coming back telling us about it. Um, if they're doing it because they if they're doing it because they love Christ, then I applaud them. And 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 here's here's something too that our church might want to think about. If somebody has if somebody has better standards than we do, don't criticize them. Thank God for them. So, you know, if they're doing what they do because they just love Jesus and that's why they're doing it, hey, praise the Lord. You're not going to get any any criticism from me. But if they're doing it because we must do this because this is part of our faith to get us into heaven. That's a huge, that's a huge problem. So I hope it helps just a little bit anyway. Yeah, it goes back to us while we're doing what we do. You know, you always look at the motive of why you're doing it. Which will be, which will be the judgment seat of Christ. Right. It'll, it'll be a motive. It'll be a motive judgment, you know. But they were really nice people. I mean, you know, they went out of their way to help people. And I thought, that is really nice. You know, but I wonder what they believe about the Lord. It just crossed my mind, so. Well, you know what's really sad about that is a lot of those folks are confused and yet they see, you know, they, they see what they would consider to be evangelicals. That's, that's what they would call us. They would call us evangelicals. People that claim to be saved and yet our lifestyle does not match our faith. And, you know, and they sort of look on us as those people don't have anything real, you know. So... But definitely people that we need to pray for, and we thank the Lord for their morality. We thank the Lord for their standards and their separation, but we pray it's not a work to get them into heaven. Yeah, you've answered all three. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Thank you, Judy. Ms. Carol, you have a question? Um, My name's Carol Bova. I'm here with my husband, Mike, and my oldest grandson, Ty. Um... A couple nights ago, Mike and I were having a discussion, and he was talking about the numbers that come up in the Bible, like three and seven, and what was the other one? Forty, if what significance they had. Yeah, so there, I mean, we do believe that there is a certain, uh, there is a certain science, that's probably not the right word, to numerology, yeah, that there are certain things, you know, we, we believe, you know, there's some things that don't happen by accident, you know, 
We believe that God's number is the number of seven. We believe man's number is the number of six, you know. So we'll see things throughout the Word of God, you know. Um, and, and so, yeah, I mean, I, I know some of these older preachers in the church have studied some of that out, some of the, the numerology, the number of grace, um, number of sin, you know, different things. So, yeah, there, there, there is a certain amount of um, legitimacy. That's a good word. There is a certain, a certain amount of legitimacy to that. Um, so, yeah, there is something to it. I don't, know if I, I don't know if I'm answering your question on that, but was there a specific about that that you wanted to ask? You know, I would just say, yeah, I mean, uh, get you some really, really good commentaries. And as you're reading, as you're doing your Bible reading, keep your commentary right there, right there close by. And as you're reading your Bible, see if that commentator has anything to say about, you know, how a number, how a number would come into that specific story and that kind of thing. I would also say don't, don't be, you know, don't be too, don't get too, caught up with that yeah don't don't get too crazy with that um there are some people sometimes that get they get so deep into that that um they finally get to the place where they they know more than god does you know and it's just and that that's i'm using that i'm being facetious when i say that and so i would just say yeah i mean look for those things look for those i you know i i believe this i believe the bible's like a treasure chest and i believe the more you study it the more you unearth treasure. And so there are, there are some treasures like that. And some of that has to do with some of the numbers and things like that. And so just get you a good solid commentary or a good study Bible that you can sort of use along with your Bible reading and see what that scholar has to say about that certain number and that certain story. Does that help just a little bit? Mm-hmm. And also I had a question about the, sermon on Sunday morning about the souls and the spirits and and I might have missed something somewhere but like at the point of death you said our soul to right uh, goes to heaven and does that also our spirit are they two different things or our, our spirit and our soul would be connected yeah we I mean we are we are connected you know we're we're a we're created in the image of God God was a triune God we're a you know we're a triune creation, so we're body, soul, and spirit. And if if one of those parts is not right, it makes makes it difficult for the others. If if you're sick, if you're physically sick, it makes it much harder to to come to church or to be spiritual, to read your Bible, those kind of things. And so one of these days the body will die. This is the shell. This is the earthly tabernacle. It will die. They'll put it in the ground. Uh, and at that point, our soul and spirit will go to be with the Lord. So spirits roaming the earth is like I'm ghost. sorry, ghost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, what we said Sunday was, you know, the soul. And and you know, I encourage you to study that out. As you studied it out, it's 
it's complicated, you know. But the best way I know, best way I know to, to, to put that is the soul is us. The soul is us. You know, we became a living soul when God gave us life. And so our soul is, it's, is us. Our spirit is that which communicates with God. Somebody asked me, about, somebody had some questions about that Sunday as well. And so I'm trying to think of the, of the reference. I think it's Matthew, I think, where Mary, Mary said this. She said, by soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit rejoiceth in the Lord. And so that spirit is what communicates. It's how we communicate. It's the, it's the candle, if you will. It's, you know, it's how you and I are, are communicating. It's the, uh, the PA system, the, you know, that kind of thing. And so, yes, the body will die, then the soul and spirit will go to be with the Lord in heaven. Hope that helps a little bit. All right, Miss Dream, I know we're, we're over time. Go ahead, Miss Dream. Okay. In the Bible, it says Abraham <clears throat> offered his only begotten son, Isaac. Right. But he has two sons, Ishmael and Isaac. So why is he not, ref- you know, it was like he was being denied. Well, God never recognized Ishmael as Abraham's son. Uh, Ishmael was, was not the promised seed. Um, Ishmael was a, you know, Ishmael was a, he, he was a product of, of Abraham and Sarah trying to take things into their own hands and, and try to make a miracle happen on their own, you know, by, by earthly means. And so God never, God never recognized Ishmael as the firstborn son of, of Abraham. Now he did, you know, Technically, the Lord did bless Ishmael, and he became a great, he became a great nation. But he, but he also, the Bible says about Ishmael, he would become a wild man, and no one would be able to, to contain him. And we're seeing that today. You know, that's why we have problems in Iran and Afghanistan and, and um, Syria and all those places because of, because of Abram's error when he went into Hagar. So does that help a little bit? Anybody else have a real quick one? All right. Well, thank you for being here tonight. We're going to be dismissed in a word of prayer. Okay, we'll be looking forward to a great day on Sunday. Don't forget to pick up all your stuff on the tables here. And we do have the, uh, the, the ministry list if you need those. Brother Ricky says if you'd be so kind as to just pick up the uh, tablecloths and you can just bundle them up, throw them in the trash can and uh, any trash that you have on the table. And then I'm just going to ask personal favor if any of our, if I have three or four of our men who could just grab a broom and just go around and make sure uh, any trash or food that you see on the floor if we could just sweep that up before we go tonight, that would really be a blessing, all right? Yes, sir, Will. I don't know, Will. What was I supposed to tell him? You're having state finals for Special Olympics. Well, thank you, Will, for letting us know. I appreciate that. I hope it goes well.
All right. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. All right. Let's pray together. Father, we love you. Thank you so much for the privilege to be here tonight. I pray you'll dismiss us with your blessing. Father, give us safety home and give us a great week. Help us to be witnesses. And Lord, I pray that you would uh, please continue to teach us the word of God. And, and I pray that we'll know what we believe. Lord, thank you for giving us a great time of fellowship. Thank you for the food. And uh, just go with us now, please. We love you, Lord. We praise you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey,